Hey, it's me again. Welcome to the FCNN. And this is just another preface. I'm Kevin. We just recorded a, I think it's an hour and 30 minutes, the week four preview. Going through the ads right now. As another disclaimer, this is our first time ever speaking together in a podcast setting. So just like the Giordante Hill interview, it's a little slower at the beginning, but it picks up. It's really great. It's about an hour and a half going through things like the Johnny Manziel bubble controversy, Josh Gordon and Robert Turbin, the refs, power-ups, getting off track into multiple other things, and a bunch of fun stuff like that. It's definitely a good podcast, but like I said, it starts off a little slow. Bear with us. We got better as it went on. There's a couple cuts throughout the entire thing as the recording thing we're using dropped out a few times, and we'd have to restart it. Other than that, though, everything else went fine. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a fantastic night. As I'm recording this, it's 11.54 at night for me. Games are tomorrow, so let's hope that this makes it out before those come out, as this is a preview. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the podcast. Hello. Hello, and welcome to week four uh, recap on FCNN. I am Kyle, joined here with Kevin and Peyton. What's up? Hello, hello, hello. That was my hamming it up for you. That was great, honestly. <laughs> I really liked it. 10 out of 10, glazed ham. Glazed ham. So, All right, well. kick it off. Week three in the books. We're on to week four. How are you feeling about your team? Because my team is not going great i am my team's not doing great either oh man (laughs) neither of us are doing well nope big sad uh right now beasts are running away with it three and oh and everyone else is just one for three one for two i believe Mm -hmm. and i don't know i don't really want to call beasts like championship this early i still feel like something can happen i am <laughs> <laughs> i That's mean personally I personally but yeah i feel like like they've shown some holes it's just that no one's exploited those holes i feel like oh, if, yeah. anyone, if anyone could have taken them down i feel i this is gonna sound weird as all but I feel like it's the Zappers, especially now. Yeah, for reasons that will will become obvious well, as we go forward. But yeah. no, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I don't think they'll drop a game personally. Um, as much as the Gordon uh, improvement is going to help them a bit, I, I definitely think uh, Quentin Flowers had a harder week, week three, with the new the new tight end uh, rule adjustments. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, he still still got out of the pocket and still did Quentin Flowers things. Um, yeah, there's just that option that they've got open is just I mean, kind of unstoppable right now. I don't want to be that salty Glacier Boys fans, but I am going to say we are the most penalized team. Um, and mm. I don't I don't know how to feel about the current vote. I don't want to replace the refs. I do think adding one or two guys, maybe from the rule books, will be fine. But even then, it's like, do they got ref experience? You know, 
it's important to note that the referee crew is currently down by one. They don't, they, yeah. they are short a ref. So it, to be fair, like on the side of the refs, they are missing an angle and it, it's a little tough. I, I think that plus they don't really have much instant replay. I don't, are there any um instant replay? Like, like digital boards in the stadium itself. I haven't seen any digital boards. No, they do have a review booth. Um, but unfortunately, their broadcast once. center, their broadcast center, is run out of Austin, so it was not available the first two weeks. Yeah, uh, because Austin was without power those two weeks. They had it the third week, but that's when they had already switched it to fan controlled reviews. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do. I so, do like. I do like that though. Oh, it was awesome. I mean, to be fair, that, that, we were at Anthony the benefit Jones, of it, but it was Anthony Jones touchdown that was just got denied. Oh, that my. I still stand. It's also, yeah, still stand it's the I first. Have. Go ahead. I still stand where I have for the since the second week is that it's the first season. Then it's not going to be perfect, but the the idea and a lot of the execution of this league has been a really fun. So I, I'm not giving up on it, but I won't not criticize it. Yeah, and sort of uh, before we move forward to sort of uh, the 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 week four standings for those that are not aware are currently beast number one aces number two then gla then zappers then glacier boys and last and, and that's two second through fourth are all decided by um point differential, point differential because yeah. we're all one and two obviously yeah. um, it's important to note though that although the beasts are three now and they have two more wins than anyone else in the league they're only up by 12 points in total so they're not blowing out teams they're winning one score games if even that so, yeah. but he's winning one score games. I mean, the point differentials for the aces is plus two, and the glacier boards are minus two. four. I'm not saying so that like, everyone else is, but I'm I'm yeah. the fact that like it's not like they're blowing out every team. I think that something can happen. Like, I yeah, did, regardless of what you think last week, they the yeah, I mean, PI that's calls kind of the point. them. So, like, as far I mean, as points goes, the zappers can put up points, and that was before Josh Gordon. They have been able to mm -hmm. score a lot. They're tied yeah. with the beasts in scoring. If the Zappers could finish it off, then they'd be golden. I mean, they finished it off last week. They sure did. Mm -hmm. Did they really, <laughs> though? I mean, to be fair, they did. They did twenty-two and eight, blew that lead literally once again. But at the end of the day, uh, a W was put in their column for the first time of the season. So I mean, yeah. uh, that does help them out a bit. Um, week my. My yeah. personal belief on that is that uh, no, we're getting that later. We're getting that later. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say week three general overlook of the games. Um, I thought I always felt this about the Aces. So Aces played the Zappers. Zappers won thirty four thirty. I think that the Aces call good plays. I just think it's not executed, and that's just from my viewpoint. I thought you guys do enough with the run and the pass, and you balance it out. And you got Galloway, who is just oh, a beast. He's, great. he's, he's a, beast. a dual. He's like one of the only true dual threat weapons in the league, which we are grateful to have. Uh, the problem is we 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 tagged uh, Jerdy week one, and as much as I love Jerdy, and he drops in our chat all the time and talks with us, um, uh, his play style is not great for this small of a field. He he's a he's a pocket pocket QB to the day he dies. Um, yeah. And that's just not the strategy for this for this game, unfortunately. Um, right. 
we've got Galloway, which has honestly saved us uh, since week two. Um, not week three, unfortunately, but goddamn close. Um, but yeah, so we we our thing right now is we just need a QB to connect. Um, well, and Crouch and Francois are both fine. So yeah, Crouch and Francois aren't bad. Um, I gotta say, I don't know what it is. And it's probably the short field, but I I love the amount of just the likelihood of scoring on a drive. Just watching um, that game, I just I just I I mean, going back to like Super Bowl Rams Patriots that was thirteen to three. Everyone hated it because it was such a low low scoring game. You go to this and it's guaranteed double digits every single game, and I find yeah. that entertaining. Yeah, I'd like to see a happy middle. Game. Yeah, I'd like to see happy middle ground where this game can almost be decided that if you get a a single uh, defensive stop, like that can ruin your entire game. If yeah, uh, well, the play clock's not in your favor. The mixed. I guess the thing is that where it's like, so if you look back at the week two matchup where it was like your boys versus um, Zappers and they blew twenty two eight. It wasn't because the offense showed up. It's because the defense forced like what three fumbles? No, they forced two. Another fumble came out though, so it was three fumbles in one half. That like you're relying on. If you're behind, you're relying on defensive heroics or the controversial um, offsides. Not offsides. The uh, onside kick uh, mechanic where you can start on your own ten yard line at fourth and ten, and you have to complete. And get a first down to continue another drive. In if you don't, play. the other team starts on yeah in one play. Yeah. And do you know? Does anyone know if you can combine a fifth down with that? With that, because if you can, that's stupid. I don't think you can stack power plays. I've been thinking about that, and I haven't seen it. Well, so so the 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 onside kick is not a power play. It's it not is a power play. Yeah, because they oh. use coach's choice. Yeah, they use um, coach's choice on top of the power play. The not the power play. The the onside kick. Onside so kick, I wonder yeah. if you could I use a fifth maybe. down on top of it. See, this is where like their rules, because I have I have the PDF and I can I'm happy to share it with you guys if you if you need it. But um, their rule book is very simple, um, mm-hmm. and it does not state whether you can or cannot. And so, therefore, I believe that you can. Although I feel like that's kind of bullshit and kind of ruins the point. Um, yeah, because um, as far as the power ups go, the only thing. Uh, it says is what they are, not when you can use them, really. Rules need to be fixed overall. I mean, I think that that's a general consensus of, like, I remember in week one, or was it week two where a coach fought with a ref over, like, they had, like, a full conversation on the field over power-up was being played and why? Yeah, I don't even think it was so much the ref. I I think it wasn't fighting. It was the ref not understanding what was going to happen. Because what they sort of said in a stream this week at some point is the refs literally got the the rule book the day before the first games. That's... And so, like, that's part of the problem. Even going into... Okay. Season two, inevitably, those refs could at least just watch the games and have a better understanding than the refs probably had day one, because right. um, they're dealing with whole new game mechanics that aren't introduced in football, especially the power plays and things like that, that uh are not normally introduced. So I will say, I, mean, I don't think it's on the refs. My overall. favorite thing about that wild no, it's not their fault. Game. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> my favorite thing about that wild ace is every game, both offenses exact same number of yards gained. That is an improbability. Yeah. 
they both gained exactly 179 yards. And I love that. That is amazing. Scorigami, but stats. Yeah. Yeah. For real. But it's 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 how those how those yards are applied, unfortunately. Um yeah, we had the interception early game that if uh, we wouldn't have thrown that, um that could have been a, a point for us. Uh that was by Jordy, they, right? Yeah, it was by Jordy. It was the second play of the game interception. Mm-hmm. Um and then we had the, the one yard defensive stop that cost them their drive as well. Um so both of those opportunities are missed opportunities for both teams and had the chance to either solidify the te- the the win for the Zappers, obviously, with the no need for the, the Hail Mary at that point, or I don't the Hail Mary would have meant nothing. Like, I don't want to say that uh, one quarterback was better than the other for the Aces, because I think you guys did, like, as far as points when playing i think you guys did about the same i think going back to what you said it this is a very heavy defensive league where it's like a lot of the importance of games fall on the defense instead of the offense trying to bail anything out because it's such a short field you only got seven players we don't see a lot of big hits although i i cannot wait for like one guy to clock another guy that would be Uh, i mean fucking a quarterback is the biggest hit of the year where Francois, not Francois, Flowers like lowers his shoulder at like the five yard line and just decides to send a deep like a defensive back down to the ground. Like that was like yeah. the biggest hit so far. Yeah, part of that is the field is so small. They, I mean, if if you're on the hash in an NFL regulation field and you're going to the sideline, you're you're getting cooking twenty yards before you make contact. Or in this, yeah. if you're on the hash, it's less than it's barely ten yards. Um, so they just don't have the the ability to build up the same momentum that they do in that. I'm sure. Like, I mean, defensive play should be called, and that you get defensive power ups, like adding an eighth man or getting rid of one of the men on offense. There's problems with defense, but we can we can get to that though. Yeah, yeah. My, my personal belief on defense right now is that I would like to see the the line increase to five members on both sides next season. Mm. Um. I think that would change a lot of the one you could switch the tight end rule back where both tight ends can go out and so you'd still have three people going at the quarterback. It would really eliminate the, the run option if we're still playing off on a field of this size. Um, I don't think there's going to switch the field. Um, I don't know if they would go above nine players. Um, I mean, there are indoor leagues that do have uh, different amounts personally. Um, I think that a lot of their limitations with line is limitations with number of players. Um, let's, let's reel it back into the games because we're going. Yeah, we're yeah, of course. All over Other game, Beast Glacier Boys, Beast take it 28-22. Watching this game, calling this game, right? I feel like we we ran it a good chunk, but we didn't run it like well and when we passed it we were awful it, it, that game highlighted a few problems one the uh the faults of the the onside kick because i guess that there were there were two groups there were a group of people that said that the onside kick was only to be able it was only able to be used by teams that were behind in score because it was used as a comeback mechanic not a score over and over mechanic because in all honesty if you have a decent quarterback it's not hard to convert 10 yards Right. It's, yeah. Especially if you have a reliable receiver. So I don't know how I feel about the onside kick. And then the PI call at the very last play 
which has some controversy because there are some people who have justified the call. I'm kind of 50-50 because there's evidence for both sides. It People say clear PI, but there's also um, FCF-specific things like the way that they're taught to rap and how he uh, put his hands up before the play, uh, before making contact. I don't know. It's mixed, but there was a few things there. Another, It, it comes down to another penalty in the last like 20 seconds of a game that changed everything, this time with time expiring. Right. Um, I don't know. I, it's just inconsistencies. It, it comes down. We can talk about the refs later, but it it was just a game of like you know back and forth of I never mediocre yeah. David Pintel. I never. Well, I mean, like the thing about that game is I never felt like we were winning. No, I didn't. It, it, it felt it, it felt like we were playing catch up the whole. Yeah. Time. No. To be fair, as a person who was not invested in that game nearly as much as the two you two you two you were. Um, it just felt miserable for both sides, to be honest. Like, I, mean, I, did, um, feel, I did feel bad because you know, Flowers went down, supposedly injured, and I don't think we've seen many injuries on field. So that was. I mean, just bad. dirty, as far as I'm aware. And I think there were, there was another guy who had a cramp, but I think, that I was, think that was Flowers. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Flowers had what I I I uh I think what he had was a what's referred to as a stinger, which is like a specific type of cramp, which is like legitimately like pretty much an injury. Cause like it cramps to the point where like, you'll feel it for like a week um, based off of where he was grabbing. Cause those normally happen in the um, like the side muscles that go over top of your rib cage. Um, yeah. And like those can like legitimately rip muscles when they're going in. And that's sort of the area he kept grabbing. It wasn't like a lower, like Charlie horse. It was like really high up on the side of his ribs. Yeah. So that's what I think he had, and those can suck. Um, so once again, that's personally why I voted for him to be the MVP last week, just because he kept playing. Um, yeah. Normal cramp or not, he was still out there, and he was still clearly in anguish. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, one but of, uh, one of the things about this league that I like is that, unlike in the NFL, like you get to know the players, you get to you know. Dropping in real quick. The audio dropped out here for about 30 seconds, but we quickly switched topics, so it's good. But he just wrapped up on how the players in this league are really communicative and how you can use the Discord, Twitter, Instagram, really connect with the players and talk to them. After this, we went right over and we talked to everyone about the draft. So yeah, just finishing up that statement as the audio did drop out and it sounds like an abrupt stop. It's not our fault. We did finish it, but our software was all off. All right. Back to the podcast. All right, so looking forward at the week four draft, we have 20 picks. It was a five-round draft this time with, I think, three. Some teams, like the Glacier Boys, only picked three times because of offensive line and defense. So going over, we'll go over the first round. Is That's probably the most important to people. I would just uh, like to overall. say, before we get into it, I don't like having this many franchise tags. Because it just yeah. makes the drafts like kind of not important towards the end of the season. The Twitch viewership on this draft is insane, but like at the end of the day, we picked our offense, our defensive line, and then two other players of note, really. And then like it was over. Well, we're it like depends. the first week, it's like you're building out your whole squad personally. That's just the way we felt anyway, because we're we felt sort of pretty set up as it as a whole going into it. But continue. Well, I mean, my thing that, that is that they they make it compelling with the man up the power ups they draw people with that even though brandon smith has gotten a power up two weeks in a row and has not gotten drafted but uh i'll get to that later so first overall we have deandre france yeah. Yeah. i mean i mean i'm gonna say as a glacier boys fan 
I didn't participate in this draft. I left it up to fate. And oh boy, did we deliver. Um, yeah. I'm still on the fence about that Lamarcus uh, Carradine pick. But, you know, he had the man up. So I get it. Yeah, I, I mean, wanted... power, power up is power up at this point. Yeah. I mean, at that point, that's almost the strategy because at this point, all of the. So the way that I talk about players where I might say a player is like good or bad is based off the average. Like, obviously, like, I don't think like McNeil, for example, as we'll get to soon, uh, is bad. But in comparison to like uh, the other people in the league, it's just not as terrible. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like at this point, pretty much everybody was that was drafted, uh, besides offensive and defensive lines, of course, is a less than favorable player because all of the more than favorable players have already been tagged. Um, for the most part, there's a couple um, standouts that are different, but we'll get to them as we go through. Well, I still think, like on uh, with that, is that even the people that go undrafted, it it's not necessarily about their skill level. Sometimes it's more so about are they being used the right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I know. Okay, in my opinion, it's kind of a popularity contest for some. In oh, all honesty, yeah. there oh, are yeah, some sure. people who are definitely more popular than others who have gotten drafted because they're more popular. Like, for example, in my opinion, um, what's his name? Uh, Ed Crouch is a good quarterback. I, I He's performed yep. pretty well in all three weeks that he's played. I think he's great. I think that he's better than uh, some quarterbacks that might be franchise tag right now. I'll get into that later. But Ed Crouch falls to the end of nearly every draft without fail. Because yep. I mean, like, because because who is Ed Crouch? Like you know Logan March because Logan Marchy is that guy. You know Flowers because Flowers is that guy. Like it, it's just a cycle of like you know, if you. Well, were... it's also like that's part of the game. Where like some of these players that may not be popular, like on field, they'll still pop in the Discord or tweet at people on Twitter or Instagram, get involved with Instagram and stuff. Like that's right. part of the game is like going out and trying to interact with the fans to get drafted. Or well, definitely, like the, definitely. The notable one is like, uh, we drafted Trevonin week one because his mom tweeted at Greg Miller to to, to tell Greg Miller to draft him, and he's like, yeah. I think that's great. Let's go for it. Like, um, I will say, and he died in week one. So yeah, and so we know <laughs> we feel I've that. No, trust me. I have no idea what the Aces mentality for this draft was i'm looking at the draft sheet and i have no idea i'm lost i'm not gonna lie i so, wasn't really rocking with it it's, so, wait, 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 we'll get this after we'll get we have we've, we've been avoiding going over the first four picks let's go over that first okay, for okay. It. all right all right first round first overall deandre francois the highest rated quarterback by qbr in the league gets picked first overall still isn't franchise tagged goes to the glacier boys Number two, Damon Shihigaseppi goes to the Zappers. Uh, uh, interesting pick. Uh, <laughs> um, shutdown squad yeah. goes to the Wild Aces. You can have a contest between the defenses. The, the stats aren't even accurate. I, I don't think anyone really knows which one is better. It's just preference. I like the heavy hitters because, you know, Sean B, he's the GOAT. But uh, they go to the Wild Aces. And then number four, Quinn Porter, in my opinion, the best running back in the league, who, once again, is not franchise tag, just like DeAndre Francois, goes to the Beast at the last pick of the first round. Um you think you think Porter's better than Galloway? 
I think that Porter is the best running running back in the league. That's he delivers that's, every, that's a, he, yeah. he delivers every time the ball is handed off and put in his hands. He mm-hmm. scores, he gets yards, he has the best I think yards per carry in the league. It, it, you know, I and he, he carries himself like a veteran. I like Quinn Porter a lot. I wish we would have drafted him again. I so wish Glacier Boys would have got him back. Sam, nothing Sam. against Campbell. I love Campbell. Sam, yeah, uh, I just, yeah, yeah. Campbell um, delivered for us week one, so. Going by the order, Francois, my opinion, are we grading these? Because I'll grade them. Yeah, let's grade them. Let's go. Francois, my opinion, it's biased. I think that's an A pick. I think we saw what we wanted. We saw what we needed. We took it. We got it. Francois, A pick right there. It it fixed a big hole. We didn't get him last week. We got him this week. That was so frustrating last week, dude. Yeah. Damon Sheehy Giuseppe. Uh, I don't know. That one's hard for me. It's a D pick in my opinion. Uh, I he's pl- he's played in a couple games, and although he hasn't had much thrown to him, even in like man ups and stuff before drafts and stuff, he's not been very impressive. And yeah. it's a fine like middle of the draft pick, later round pick. Um, right. but if you think about all of the other wide receivers that were still available, like Boykin, my personal favorite wide receiver in the entire yeah. league right now, mm-hmm. or King, who uh I believe also had a power up this week, um, and is a really good small pocket receiver. Um but like both of those were still available and they 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 picked him instead. It just, I, I would say it's I'm a solid not sure C- what's going on. I would say it's a solid C minus pick only because yeah, that's fair. <laughs> they already got two killer wideouts. A third one wouldn't hurt. I I I agree that they they probably shouldn't have gone first overall pick with that. They probably should have gone something else. Yeah, it's like his. No, I'm not saying don't draft him. Uh, right. I'm just saying just, first pick is a questionable there. decision. <laughs> don't draft him there. Yeah. Um, um, number three, a deep shutdown squat for the aces. I want to hear Peyton. Okay, so our belief watching is watching this, and this happens. Our belief is, and if uh, we are understanding the rules correct, we believe it's a sound strategy, in okay. which if once the roster lock is in place, if you've drafted that line and you go to play against somebody who also has that line, but they were given that line, you get that line instead, and they get the other one. Mm, okay. And so, you and so we were going the long-term strategy of securing the offensive and defensive lines that we wanted. Ooh. Now, that compiles on the fact where we already have a bunch of franchise tags. And so we already, like, obviously we have Galloway. We're not in a dire need of another special, uh, not special back, uh, super back or whatever they're fucking called. Yeah, you um, also got running back two, effectively. Two really good receivers, too. We got two really good receivers. We got Jordy, but you guys had already taken Francois. Right. So we were gonna get Crouch. Like, nobody else needed to draft him. Um, besides right. maybe the Zappers, because they don't have Johnny Manziel. Um, but we didn't think they were gonna go for him either. So our, our strategy was long-term strategy of securing the defensive and offensive line that we uh, wanted for... Um, the playoffs and things like that. Um, and the reason we went for shutdown squad is they are five and one as much as some of their other stats are like, right. That's not an inc- inconsequential, uh, difference at that point. Um, right. uh, and black party, black party is just our OG. It's just who we like. We like their, their, their tight end, um, availability. 
as sort of just other options. So we we thought we were getting more value out of those than we would have if we if we drafted a a, a Crouch or a, um or honestly anyone else. But yeah, got, at, at the time more, anyway. I got more judgments for the Aces later, but I will give I'll give that based on your reasoning alone. I'll bump up what I was originally going to say to a solid B B plus. Yeah, man. I'm not saying it's A plus quality. Yeah, because uh, there's uh, we got some questionable to sort choices that are coming in here that I'll that I'll complain about. Right. Um, like the if the rules do end up swinging in your favor, you guys will look like geniuses. Yeah, but right. once again, they'll never tell us what the fucking rules are before right. the second we need to know them. So, but that's what many of us, including Greg Miller and Jerdy, that's sort of what they understood. Um, and so that's we sort of take what they understand as fact until proven otherwise. Which uh, another thing that Greg said on the stream that he then sort of redacted because he didn't know if he was supposed to say it is they believe we're getting another franchise tag next week, but I don't know how the fuck that's supposed to work. Um, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, moving onwards, we're then at uh where you just Quinn left Porter. off at Quinn Porter yeah. at the beast. This to me is an epic, straight out. As, I think as soon as Quinn Porter showed his stuff for the glacier on the Glacier Boys against the Zappers, and he really just solidified himself, he has been valued up that high ever since. And I, yeah, I mean, understandably so. It's a really good pick for your first round. Yeah, I think we all agree with that one. Uh, good pick next, overall. Next pick. Well, now we're in five, six, seven, eight. Are we going by yeah. four rounds? Round two. Yeah, we'll go. Yeah, round two. Alfonso Carter to the Beasts. Block Party to the Wild Aces. Shutdown Squad to the Zappers. Joseph Boykin to the Glacier Boys. I want to talk about Alfonso Carter because I have no idea where he came from. Uh, he, he came got, from a power-up. Uh, he, he got drafted last week, too, I think, by the yeah. Glacier Boys, right? Yeah, but then yeah. He, in, in Man-Ups, I don't know if you guys were watching Man-Ups, he was... Like unstoppable looking, he looked amazing. Um, kind of, that was partially because everybody else was dropping balls left and right, but he was looking really good. He kind of uh shows a strategy in itself of do you get a wide receiver not because they ball hard during drives, but because they ball hard in the man up. Carter's especially this, yeah, yeah. So especially that's a hundred percent. He's only caught one pass on a drive for six yards, but the dude. I think he is like the perfect example of taking a guy because he can do one thing and he can do it really well. Or well, and, and power up. This late in the season, your your main like power star lineup is already set. Mm -hmm. Why not take a round two pick that's just going to give you a power up pick and a decent player? So yeah, I think it's a good pick. Um, I, I would give. There's it, still I'd a better wide receiver in the draft. There's still probably, better ones. I would have taken uh, Boykin, Boykin was literally late. drafted like two picks later. Two picks so later. yeah, yeah. Um, I think personally, uh, the Jameel hype is is very high, but I personally think Boykin is the more well-rounded wide wide receiver. Um, Jameel has zero drops on eighteen targets and eleven receptions. I mean, that's not, no, I mean, he's not good. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying he's not good. I just personally believe that. Boykin is better. Um, boys are like Lions fans. We got Megatron. We're really happy. All right. We got one thing. Let us have it. Yeah. I mean, Here's my thing with Boykin. He, I don't think he's really performed. All right. So I'm a little bit of a Boykin hater. Not a hater, but 
Um, I think he's a little, little overhyped. His, his stats don't really reflect his athletic ability. In my opinion, I, mm-hmm. I, people say that he's going to show up every week. He never really has, in my opinion, that's why I, Andrew Jamil is the most consistent receiver in the league. In my opinion, mm-hmm. having zero drops is it's fucking insane. That's all I have to say. He does not drop. He has not dropped a single ball all season. So I think it's, it's highway robbery to call Boykin, the better receiver when Boykin has what, like, uh, Two receptions or something? Two receptions, five targets. Zero drops as well, to be fair. But Boykin has two receptions. I think he does have a couple point afters. He is three. Three for three. Three Point out. And I think Jamil has... Like two. Two Two for two. Two. So, yeah, like I said, it's it's a felony to call Jamil... uh, To put him below Boykin. I I mean, looking at the stats, he's... 11 for 18 with a 61% catch rating on Jamil. Um, he's not 18 for 18 as far as this stat sheet that I'm looking at says anyway. Um, Zero drops. That, uh, a, a bad throw counts as a target. Oh, okay. I wasn't, see, I wasn't seeing the drops. Okay, that makes times. sense. Yes. The, the but, uh, seven that he can't can throw a ball in his life, so... Um, yeah. Uh, that's what personal belief, though. Rounding back Moving to on. Alfonso Carter. I'm gonna say that's a solid B minus. I'd say B minus, B plus. Just because, yeah. just because they are getting something out of that. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a value but, pick at that point. Yeah, um, block party to the wild aces. I mean, you said it yourself. That's just a favorite thing. B plus. Yeah, I mean, no, 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 no. Block party would, is a statistical I, choice. That they are yeah. the better offensive line by far. Also, like, um, they allow more sacks and things like that, but their tight end attack power is a bit higher, and that's why we went for it. Um, oh, I disagree. I thought Damnation's tight end attack power was way better. Was it? Oh, I think you yeah. might be right. Damnation. I think got, I'm getting it reversed. Uh, Daylon uh, Key and Christopher Bazile, they... Yeah, you're right. Real good. Um, Not defensive. What am I looking for? Offensive. Uh, I, think the, I think it's the sack count that really no. jumps out to me. I, I was team block party, and then I wasn't because they got a. It lot depends of what you want to do. Yeah, I just got the names mixed up. Where yeah, damnation yeah. has the the tight end, the attacker tight ends with nine yeah. receptions for almost 150 yards. Um, where block party has less sacks, but they have less tight end. Um, I say that, but they have e- they have almost equal uh, touchdowns with three and two in favor of damnation. I'll give you um, aren't, aren't I'll everything though. Yeah, I mean, just see for consistency. Like you guys have always drafted block party, and you know, I I think it's smart in the sense that you get the players to familiar with something. You've basically franchise tagged block party without franchise tagging them. If we would, we could. <laughs> uh, I say C, just because I wouldn't like B plus. There's there's other. I'm giving a B. There's other people you could have taken. The Zappers shutdown squad. No, I don't like that pick at all. Nothing against. We can just skip this squad. one because we talked yeah. about shutdown squad already. And yeah, it's, but like it, I think it, it's more so is you already messed up the first pick. Bring it back with the second. You didn't. You got a defense. Yeah, who you I don't know what the Zappers were doing this week. Then we go. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna call that pick like a straight D. That's a D. Yep. Skip, uh, skip along over to Joseph Boykin to the Glacier Joseph, Boys. Uh, your boy Boykin. Yeah, I'm thinking it's still a B pick. Um, I mean, I, it's a good I, value I pick. At a... Same reason for Alfonso Carter. 
Same exact. Yeah, I mean, you're getting you're getting a weapon at eighth, like. And then we're back to back, and uh, oh god, this is where this is where I ha- I, I struggle, but. Here, here, wait. Let, let's let's go over the next four picks yeah. in the third round. We have at the ninth pick, Marcus Carradine to the Glacier Boys, Block Party to the Zappers. The Zappers on that roll of dog shit pick after dog shit pick. Douglas McNeil the third, of course, to the yes. Wild Aces, and Jordan Smith to the Beasts at twelve. Um, I'm gonna Marcus Carradine. Purely, I think we purely just got him for the power up. In in his defense, he balled out in the man up. It was not a power pick. He looked solid in that. And although man up is an isolated incident, it is what it is. I he yeah, he did well. Something. I mean, I'm not a he did well. pick. I wanted I wanted another uh super back. I really want I'm the guy that I like I vote run play most of the time because I'm like, let's pound the rock, you know. But you know, people want to pass it. Carradine's a good pick. I give it like a B minus. It's not who I would have picked, but it's yeah. still good. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, I don't think he's. I mean, man ups are proving to be a different thing. Like Kevin said, where yeah. Braden Smith has now won two power ups, but he consistently kind of under delivers. He's gotten better in the past couple of weeks, but he can. If he's got any pressure on him, he can't perform. Um. No, I'm not talking like stress press pressure. I'm talking about like dif- right. uh, defensive pressure. Right. Um, Fuck Carradine. Can we shit on the Zappers now, please? <laughs> yeah. I'm anti. Please. Just about to say, the Zappers just... at the third pick with a block party. Like, oh my god, Scott. Like the Wild Aces. I give a pass to drafting block party. Y'all always draft block party. It's become your. Well, thing. Also, like we took them first because yeah. the thing that we knew we were gonna need was a QB. And you guys had already taken one of the two options that we were gonna choose, and so I we just knew we were gonna get the other one eventually. So like we went the out of the bat and then went out of their way, where they're doing it like in the middle of the draft for some reason. Not first two rounds, not last two rounds, just like straight up F pick in the middle of the in the middle of the draft. I think the Zappers are just getting cocky because they got Gordon, and they're like, we don't need to draft good. We'll yeah, win. But, the, but they literally opened the draft with, I'm gonna change Zappers draft. Every single one of them is F tier. Like, I don't I understand know, any I, of them. I still, I still wouldn't put F for uh, Sheehy Giuseppe, but I wouldn't put it above a C minus. They... I mean, they're drafting the Browns. They're literally redrafting the Browns. Giuseppe <laughs> poor the Browns. My, like, my complaint it... is they were 90% sure they were going to get Gordon. And no, they knew they were going to get Gordon because the rule was announced that if they were eligible, first d- dibs goes to the team who recruits them. They knew Teams they were going to get Gordon. Them. Yeah. So they knew they were going to get him, and they opened up with a wide receiver pick. I don't care who it is. You opened with a wide receiver pick when you knew you were going to get Flash Gordon the same for week. Sure, for sure, they're just being arrogant and cocky at this point. Yeah, it just this like, draft doesn't make any sense. Their draft reflects it. Um, I, I will, I will happily give the block party pick an F. Uh, the yeah. first, the first two, I, 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 it's like it decreases as we go along. Here's my thing about the Zappers. Can we get to is that the they're, one that... they're overconfident. Yeah. They're they're overconfident. Yeah. But for the rest of this draft, by the way, after this round, let's the last two rounds are a little bit more insignificant. So after that, let's yeah. let's highlight Speed the picks run. that are yeah. Uh, I really what, eleven Douglas about, McNeil. I really want to talk about Douglas McNeil. I oh, yeah, had no effing idea who this guy was. I didn't vote for it. And then uh, we don't have any data to support drafting him. I wanted to vote for King and was advertising we vote for King. 
um, because King had a power up, but um, did not did not get that. The man, the man has four drops on six targets. Yeah, what a goat! I kn- he leads the league in drops. Um, what a the goat! Man- the man shows up out of nowhere all of a sudden in the Glacier Boys chat because Pindell was like, we should get McNeil. And then I look up the guy. One, at that time, he was not even on the website despite nope. playing a game. Oh, yeah, no, it just and it recording doesn't make sense. That, and I was like, why all of a sudden him? Like, he, he's, okay. He's 100% on PATs, but with one. And even if you take those odds, you still got a 33% catch chance with him. I, I, Basically, what I, you're saying I, is he's the GOAT, and he was a, he was a great pick. Yeah, no, no it's, a, it's, no. A, it's a definite... <laughs> it's, a, it's a definite failed pick, and I think that's, it's that's a straight-up F pick. Yeah. This is my big complaint about our draft, is like... Um, granted, there's not a whole lot of wide, wide receivers that were left at that time. I mean, who was drafted? I mean, King was drafted afterwards, which is who I was advertising for. Um, right. Which he's seventy-five uh, percent. He's three for four and has a decent amount of yard yardage to go with it. Um, well, Harden was yeah, taken. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was not listening to kind of funny stream at the time. I was talking with some people in the Discord. Um, so I don't know if Greg Miller was like, "Hey, Jardy says we want this guy" or something. I don't. I do, I don't know. Uh, Greg next- seems dejected. I watched it just to see how like like what the culture is of like how, cause once we, we were done with our draft in like 20 minutes dead eyes. Yeah. So once I was done, I, I had never like seen a kind of funny stream. So I like looked in to like, see like how it works and dude looks dejected after like, and honestly, as he should, because I, I feel owners that aren't um, who didn't get in on like the let's recruit NFL players because we can right. type thing, which we'll get into later, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, next pick, Jordan Smith. I, I think this is an underrated pick. I, I think this is a sleeper pick. I think the he doesn't he hasn't caught a lot. He's been targeted three times. He's at one catch for forty five yards and a touchdown. And I think the beasts are a good fit for him. Go to that pass heavy team. You, they already got Troy Evans and Salisbury. He's their third option. And I think it's a solid third option. I think he can get open. I think it's a solid B plus pick. This I late, think it's a B, B plus pick, yeah. Yeah. You snag someone like him. Okay, now we can speed through. I don't it. think there's anyone else that I mean. I talked to that. I think King was a. He's probably the only good Zappers pick because it's a good value pick. But besides that, I don't right. think there's anything else that I want to point out. I just going going through it right. Let me just throw out. Quick grades, heavy hitters to the beasts. I think that's solid B. I think that was assigned at them at that point. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Daryl Verges to the Aces. I like it. I like it a lot. I think he's a good pair with Galloway. I'd give y'all like a solid B for that as well. Because Verges ain't bad. And pair him up with Galloway. That's a solid duo. Yeah. Berkeley Edwards, better catcher than a runner. He usually typically goes out for pass and for the zappers. I think that can work, especially if you're throwing on the run like every single play. So I give that one a C plus only because I feel bad. The zappers have just drafted so terribly. And then, you know, Berkeley Edwards, he's not a bad player. I'll, I'll give him something. Heavy hitters and damnation to the boys. I don't even want to give a 
that's just like that's just like we were given that just and we're happy. They with just it. have. I mean, they're just picking stuff now because it's the end of the draft. I mean, I think yeah, they're seasick. I think they just gave us that, and we're just like, yeah, this is what we wanted. So thanks. Well, we wanted heavy hitters because of Sean, the Discord goat. So yeah. it, it was. Yeah. It was. Isaiah Kings after his, you already said it. That's a good best pick. value. That's value. That's I'd give the Zappers at least a B plus, A minus on yeah. that one. Get it's the only man. pick that I give anything. <laughs> Ed Crouch to the Aces, solid. Pick. You knew not you were gonna Brandon get him. Smith. I mean Braden Smith, not Braden Smith. Not Braden Smith. You knew you yep. were gonna get him. You got him. I give you a B plus, A minus. Damnation to the beast. It's an yeah. offensive line. Yeah. It's an offensive that's an, line. That's an auto pick. They got what they got. Uh, they got what they got, but I think the beasts are going to benefit from that tight end. That yeah, I mean, their play style. Yeah. Outside of the draft, we do have two important things to address. Oh, yeah. Josh Gordon and Robert Turbin are joining the league on controversial, controversial terms as they are not entering the draft. They never hit the draft, and the owners who recruited them will have first dibs picking them. Josh Gordon is an NFL caliber wide receiver. Pretty sure he had a 2000 yard season once actually. Uh, he's uh, nothing to be laughed about. He is a NFL wide receiver. He does what he does. 2000, he had 1000 yards, but oh, 1000, sorry, Miss, but he, but he was very close. It was 1600. Yeah, uh, he is. He is an NFL wide receiver. No doubt about it. And Robert. No, hearing hearing about it, yeah. Yeah. When, I mean, he wasn't even like field, let go great. because he wasn't even good. He got in trouble. Like it's not like he yeah. was like at the end of his time and they saluted him off into the distance. Like he got suspended because I I don't remember because I have terrible memory. Durbin, DUI. Durbin's it was story. a DUI in substances. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that, that just that's a whole other topic. That's the NFL. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's it's not like some of these players that were like on practice squads or other things where they were yeah, then yeah. let go because of COVID restrictions, so they're cutting practice squads or just they weren't doing what they needed them to do, like Manziel, where, where he washed out. Like Flash Gordon is a wide receiver that's capable of NFL play. Yeah, and even in his most recent season for the Seahawks, he was really good. And then we have Robert Turbin. I'm yeah, not. I'm bad. not as upset about Turbin as I am about Gordon. And I'll tell be you honest. Why. I don't. I don't follow professional professional football that much. I'm mostly a college person. I don't know who he is. <laughs> Robert Turbin was Seattle's answer to losing Marshawn Lynch. Robert, Robert Turbin, Turbin is the mini Lynch. Robert Turbin backed up Marshawn Lynch when they won the Super Bowl, so he's got a Super Bowl ring, which is good. And then he played okay. He never really broke 400 yards in a season. Um, he started full seasons for the Seahawks and then was cut after his third year. He bounced around to Cleveland, Dallas, and Indianapolis, and then landed back in Seattle again. He's an okay. I don't. I can see him in this league. I'm not upset. Okay. Whoever gets him gets him. It's not bothersome to me. Gordon to me is the bigger deal. In comparison to the other running backs, Robert Turbin is a 5'10". 4-4 running, running back. Yeah, he, he's massive. Is, he, is, he is nothing out of the ordinary in comparison because there are fast-ass running backs already, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the height the, there, is a def, there is a height disparity in the FCF. This is the home of the 5'8 wide receiver, it seems. So, you know, it, he's, I don't think it's going to be too much to worry about. I think that Marshawn recruited him because he was friends with Robert Turbin. He did back him up. He's played with him. Yeah. So it was kind of like a friend pick. 
Um, you're right, though. Josh, you're in the same position. Like, you bond with those players. You, I mean, those players are oh, yeah. the people you're standing on the sidelines I, with. You're talking I with them. So, Robert Turbin, I'd put him on the same standing as Ladarius Galloway and Quinn Porter. That we will see guy, because that's just how I view him now. Is just that I mean, guy. See how the how the actual translation line. is. Yeah. yeah. So my belief on this this situation, I like that they're both in the league. I think that brings the league a lot of exposure, especially in the first season and things like that. That's awesome. My problem is the circumstance in which they were brought in. Right. Um, and I, I in which agree. they are not being drafted, they are not being franchise tagged. They are just each being given to to the team that recruited them. Um, so is the beasts that are getting turban? Yes, these will get turban. The zaps will get Gordon. There is no contesting. They're they're not going to test. I guess you could say free agency in a way. Um, yeah. Here's the thing yeah. with it: is literally just if they were deemed eligible after Wednesday's draft and before Saturday's game, they would go to uh, any. The coaches would fill them into the roles that they see necessary, but would go to the team that. Uh, get the team that got first dibs was the team that recruited them, which, of course, you're going to fucking say yes. I don't know why that team would ever fucking say no. Like, oh, no, Josh Gordon, you can just go play for the Aces. Like, why not? Just go for it. Um, So it's like, that's my problem. It's like, both those teams got tags this week. That they those they just got to, to t- remove two players out of the draft that we didn't get to draft, and now are getting two NFL-quality players. Um, Play devil's advocate. That you're right. I totally agree. It's a little scuffed. But at the same time, there's a few logistical things that could have gone wrong, horribly wrong, that I feel like letting them just go to the teams is probably the right option. One, if you let someone into the draft who then doesn't pass a physical, a COVID test, fucks up the COVID bubble, that's a problem. Draft, Then you have to retool the draft because someone is now missing a pick. Two, they didn't really get to franchise tags because everyone on their teams now you can consider a franchise tag. The rosters are locked. Um, although I would have liked to see them in the draft. I feel like yeah, but, yeah, but nobody else got an wrong. opportunity. Nobody yeah. else got an opportunity to pick them, though. Bob paid money. A- at the end of the day, that's what happened. Bob, I'm pretty sure, did actually end up paying Josh Gordon some of money to come out, and the FCF then signed him to a contract as well. In my opinion, if we want to get closer to it, if we want to be a football league, this is probably going to end up happening. This is the equivalent of Rob Gronkowski being picked up from the streets to go to a then Super Bowl winning team in the Buccaneers. It's probably going to happen. I, I think it's a shock because we have been under the assumption of operating in the draft. The harsh reality is this is a football league. We have just been hit with the reality that this is a real football league, and that is a free agency move. Right. But if you go Josh into Gordon got that... released. Go ahead. Josh Gordon got released by the Seahawks to go play here because he was a free agent in the NFL, and he is now an FCF player. This This is a real league, and I can see the problem where – Everyone was drafted at one point, and it, it doesn't seem fair. And I feel like now is a little late. I think that if we're going to do this, there should be a free agency, perhaps, that we need to put and in. I, I, yes. I, I want to build on what you said, uh, because I think there's a fine line to walk. And I think it all goes to the marketing of they market this as fan-controlled football. <clears throat> right? If, yeah, we wanna, if we want to go out and get a guy, we should be able to have a say in it. Mm-hmm. And we did. Yeah, no, that's my whole problem with it is if you continue in this manner, the league's pointless. Right. No one will watch it because they don't actually have an effect on who's their team. If the owners or this person or that person can just go out and get somebody on their team, 
Like um, I'm cool. I'm cool if like our owners want to put together a list of former NFL players that they want to get, and then we vote on who we want to pick. That's cool. I'm cool with that. I think right? that's cool too. The problem but is that you need to have invested say, owners. Yeah, and that's. I don't think that's a problem with a couple of them. Like I think the Aces got great owners. And I think the Zappers have pretty solid owners. And then you get to get to the Beasts and the Glacier Boys. I mean, at the end of the day, the Beast did recruit an NFL quality player to to their lineup, which to be fair, he's probably doing a solid for his buddy. Yeah. Um, but he still went out of his way to do it. And I think um, the Beasts are getting better. I think Marshawn really showed he, he, he wanted to be involved. He wanted to play. And um, Mirio made more effort and i i think this is a part of the frustration is coming from being a glacier boys fans and how richard sherman's only made two appearances quavo's made one destroying who was part of the reason why i came along hasn't even showed his face and like someone that honestly surprises me that like i figured he was going to be one of the more active ones before the league started Um, i was i was shocked that you know he hasn't been on during a game at all. And I'm like, I thought you was even like, yeah, even like Bobby, I thought they recruited because Bobby's just like a social media sports person. Um, for the most part, they just got him for like his fan poll. And then he was just going to be like, okay, I'll sign the check. I'll walk away. Like, um, okay. Here's how the owners were recruited before we get into this. Yeah. They recruited streamers to co-stream the games and to bring fans from their fan bases, stream it, and be the streamer owners of the league. They then recruited football players to be the managers of the league because they are football players. They've been in the system. They should understand the system. Therefore, they should have some form of like um, management responsibility. And then there's people like Quavo. Who's Quavo? He's going to bring people to the league. I think the problem is, is that you have Quavo, who is probably too busy for this, in all honesty. I mean, he's he's an A-list celebrity. He's not going to invest the time that someone else like Bob could. So I think the problem is that then the people who should be doing it, like destroying, is doing nothing. He's not he he hit the first time yeah. I've seen him do anything FCF related was him being on the draft show last week. He did show up. He was on mm-hmm. the stream. That's the first time I've seen D. And Sherm, to to his credit, has been on two times and does tweet during the games about it. Mm-hmm. Sherman is also an active NFL player. Marshawn Lynch is an NFL player, but retired now. He came back for one game. I I think I it was like a one one year contract thing. No, yeah. Sherman is a, I believe he's done. Yeah, Sherman is an actively free agency testing player who has his own things and priorities. Whereas you have someone like Bob, who this is his job. So yes, yeah. he's going to put more time in. But it feels unfair to teams like. Even the wild aces, what sports ties does Greg have that he could use to really pull in anyone? Because he doesn't. Same thing with the Glacier Boys. Now, have, he likes have... sports, which is why he chose to get involved. Um, he likes sports, but is Greg an integrated piece like Bob is a sports? I mean, no, but we have a fucking not Austin. Austin. Yeah, Austin Eckler. He plays for the Chargers. Same he thing as Richard Sherman. He's an actively yeah. NFL player who has his own priorities and is probably too busy to do anything on the management side. Same thing. Same problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I, I don't even think they they thought it through that much. They they probably prioritized sports people because sports people uh would probably have the biggest draw. They recruited every single player, uh, every owner because they it's all fan draw. 
Um, it's, it's really funny. No, no, they recruited they recruited owners for those reasons. Trust me, they that that was the reason behind the. I mean, they don't even have any re- management responsibilities. They don't. They don't. If you it's look thing, back, but it was tendencies. If you look back at the week three games, right, and you look back at that Joe Montana interview, which dragged oh, on God. forever. Yeah. And I That's love a, Joe. I love I love Joe Cool. He was he is, was the man. The only reason that you dragged on, and I I knew this as soon as it started dragging on, was oh they're just doing it to get some of the older fans. They're doing it to bring you viewer boost, which is weird because like. That's it. Some fifty-year-old dude who is a f- fan of Joe Montana when Joe Montana was in his heyday, like they're not going to be a fan of the FCF. It's just not. That's not the demographic they're they're shooting for. So, I like, mean, I, it's still cool, even as a young. I mean, it's fan. cool. I mean, to have like an all-time Hall of Famer, like of course. Right. I mean, that's legit. Um, but I I wanted to watch the game. <laughs> I I think uh, I, yeah, I'm horrible. so happy. This is like the first season. Oh right? yeah. Like, um, I, we're 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 complaining about this, and we're like ragging them. But in just for clarity, this is the first season, which means that the these problems can be solved. Well, it's not like with 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 money, a lot of them will. I mean, one. Oh yeah. The little founders of the league are commentators. They don't have production experience. They don't commentate for a living. They they sure, the energy in that booth is fantastic. They. Oh my they god! Don't get me wrong. It is, but. They don't transition between what's happening on the field and what's happening off the field at all. Yeah, um, they, do, they do get a lot of names wrong. Yeah, nah, oh, I mean, yeah. I God, I watch F Formula One, and our commentators get things wrong every single race. So, like, it is what it is. But like, I mean, there's just like a bit of uh, like uh, canter that happens with a lot of uh, professional broadcasting and things like that. And they don't have that. And like that Joe Montana interview would have been a lot more palatable if. Um, you had professional uh, broadcasters that sort of know how to go back and forth between talking what's right. happening on the field with Joe and having him involved in the conversation, not ignoring him, um, and then pulling it back to Joe when there's a timeout or whatever's going on. Um, yeah. And that's probably one of two things. One, money. That's uh, probably two to four people that you've got to pay every single weekend. Um, and then two, uh, COVID precautions who knows if that was not the reason that they decided to cut uh those people potentially out um it was bold of them to still go forward with the league i will give them that i personally do at that point i mean they they... (laughs) had investors it was not a matter of if it was a matter of when and how fast yeah so yeah so this league which they're actually the way that the very interesting thing that the way this league was funded versus other leagues is other leagues are um debt invested where, um, say, for example, like the XFL and uh, AAF were invested on, but with need for return, most of the large key investors that invested in this league to get it kickstarted did not expect return on investment, just return on, like, initially paid. Um, They didn't technically, like, one of the big investors was, like, the CEO of Reddit. He invested in it, but he does not stand to make a dollar from it, just make what he put into it back. Um... So as a result, they probably had a a deadline where they're like, if this doesn't get going, we're boned. (laughs) So, like, we just got to get cooking. Um, Yeah. I mean, this has been in the works for, like, I think four years because this started off as an indoor football league team, the uh, Salt Lake Screaming Eagles, I think it is. Where they were were just used for the, like, the the beta, the sort of showcase where they, like, wanted to host an event to be like, this is what we want to do to sort of explain to investors and stuff like that, like, this. 
But I'm like pretty sure the game. owner of the FCF also owned the Salt Lake Screaming Eagles because I don't think that team no, exists anymore. That's, yeah. what they, that's what they did the test on is they bought yeah. it in a football yeah. league. Yeah. Screaming Eagles and someone else. Someone else. Team. Yeah. <laughs> they bought a fucking football team. I hate um, to, and I hate to get off track, but we are totally off the rails of Josh Gordon and Robert Turner. Yes, we are. Yeah, we really are. Um, um, well, honestly, I think that conversation sort of run its course, which is yeah. why we got onto other things. So let's just go ahead and hop on to the next topic, which is... Mantel Madness, baby! Is he gonna Johnny, play ever Johnny again? Bro, is Man. apparently gone, question mark, or not? Johnny A. Wall, baby. Um, I, I, think he, I, think he, I think he served his purpose. Okay, here's my thing, though. Yeah. You can't walk out. I mean... Here, I'm not going to say I didn't expect this because when I saw that Johnny Manziel was the figurehead of the league, I was like, this is kind of weird. I was like, this guy is super unreliable. I think he served his purpose of bringing in Zappers fans, perhaps. But, right. like, first of all, we don't even know what's happening. To, to recap over what people know, he had to, in week three, he had to go get uh, wisdom teeth removed. So dental surgery. Couldn't play in week three because he was knocked up on the uh, and went home. The, the anesthetics. Went he home. went home to his home dentist to do that, so he had to leave the bubble and do Which all Which is fair. I've, I've, I've seen people do that. You know, you got preferences. Oh, yeah, so yeah, he goes I'm, back. Hate, I'm just clarifying yeah. that he, yeah, he like, heads back to Arizona. Multiple states away. Like, <laughs> yeah, he heads back to Arizona, breaks the COVID bubble, so he's already going to have to quarantine for like a week when he gets back. So week three goes on, and the one of the things with the FCF is they have horrible R. No one ever knows what's going on until the last couple minute. God knows if Jordy was playing in week three until like – Literally hours before it felt like. Um, to, be, to be fair, Aces, Aces fans knew on Monday because he told us, but we weren't telling anybody else. <laughs> I mean, once again, that should not be a Harvard thing. It should be a FCF had you know that he has a term from injury. I digress. Um, so we get to yeah, I mean, that's uh, fair. Midpoint of the week. I mean, okay, I don't want to backtrack again, but it shouldn't be fan bases warring because then it gets toxic. It shouldn't be right. we're hiding X next from you because we don't want you to know this. We want you to draft bad. Like that's just toxic. That's a bad environment. But right. once again, so, so my my I I don't think that's necessarily toxic. It's toxic if I don't think that's toxic personally. That's just strategy at that point. If we know that they're gonna not gonna announce it because they're terrible at that, like that's the case on you. you I'm saying it's on the FCF to really to really pull it together. But anyway. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I agree. They should have like an injury report, just like the NFL has an injury report. So, you know, what's going on, you know, who to tune, tune into, but, um, growing pains. I mean, that's probably, a, like, so here we are. FCF. Yeah. So yeah. Thing, to be fair, things are changing quickly though. I mean, like bringing it, bringing it back it, to Manziel, right? Oh yeah. I don't want us to get too off track again. Uh, we're good at that. I, I, I don't think he's going to be back in season two. That's my prediction right now. I think he, really nah, he's, he was the big headline. He was like, Johnny football's back. And I think he did a good job of kind of bringing it in, doing his thing. And then the Zappers fans saw people that they liked better. Zappers fans fell all head over heels for Travis fell hell, head over heels for uh, Marchi. And now like Johnny who, you know? Well, okay. Well, here's the thing with Johnny Manziel. We don't even know if he's there because he goes back to Arizona, and then midway through the week, people are saying there's so Josh Gordon hits the bubble at what like Wednesday or something. I think no, no, he hits it like on like a Monday actually. Yeah, it was, mon- it was Monday week. Monday, yeah. Monday going into Tuesday. He hits a stream. He's on. He's on like a live stream, and someone asks him about Manziel, and he's like, "Oh, Manziel's not in the bubble." Everyone's like, "What's going on?" Because he's supposed to be back. He's supposed to be quarantining. Johnny Manziel made an appearance on the week three live stream as the Zappers were playing. He looked to be in a hotel room. 
I assumed that he was back from the environment that he was in. So then it starts to go around. People are like, is Johnny Manziel back? Um, is he, does he still want to play? And then like the, you know, the rumor wire just kind of went exploded. But the question is, Manziel is not playing this week. Why is he not playing this week? Did he just return late and he has to quarantine still? Did he, did, is he not there? Does he not want to be there? Because the league, once again, has not told us anything. We don't know if it's a, if it's a COVID restriction, if he came back late, if something happens, or if he's even there, which once again stems back to the problem of they need better PR. It took three weeks to get standings my, on the sites. We didn't have box scores until today. Right? Yeah, so my, my, my stance on this is twofold. One, Johnny Menzel came on some random old professional football players podcast and said that he's going to have a professional golf career. Or try to have one. He's going to give him a 12-year cu- cutoff or some shit until he's 40, which is ridiculous yeah. to begin with. But that sounds like Johnny Manziel. Um, Johnny Manziel is super unreliable and has been since he was born. Um, Johnny, I think he's he quit. He's done. He came in week one, got benched halfway through the game because he just wasn't doing it. To be fair, showed up week two and did real well. Um, but at the mm-hmm. end of the day, the fans were not fanning over Johnny Manziel. Just like a... Uh, you said he was. They were fanning over Marchie because Marchie was showing up every week. Um, I, I, I personally believe that he quit, and the FCF don't want to say that he quit. Uh, that's a bad headline. If you have Johnny Menzel walks out on start startup football league, that's a bad look. That's not what you want. And as much as I hate Johnny Menzel, and I think he's overrated and just a gigantic douchebag, um, uh, I. They don't want to say it because he'll bring in viewers. Even if they show up and they don't, yeah. Manziel's not there. They'll watch probably. I for... don't know how bad of a look it really is if Manziel walks because that's what Manziel Manziel's does. a bad look already. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, you already. It was so risky for them to just market Manziel as like, "Hey, come." Yeah. <sighs> I watched yeah, so, my initial reaction when I saw that ad was like, why the hell would I want to watch Johnny Manziel play football? I already did. And he was awful. What is, oh, I was, change? I was rubbing my hands together. Cause I was like, he's not on my team. Let's fucking go. Um, here's but, okay. Well, fun fact, Chad Ochocinco was in the early talks being like the figurehead instead of Johnny Manziel. He was going to be in, I don't know what happened. Don't ask me where I got this from, but, he, there was Chad Ochocinco talk at the very oh, I beginning. Believe it. This, this seems like very okay. much like a Chad. I honestly would probably very I, much enjoy. I would watching. love Chad Ochocinco here. I'm still here. surprised that him or Owens hasn't touched the league. I feel like Just they would bring his orange it. mohawk back from the early 2000s. I need it. Yeah. Ochocinco um, was in the running. But one thing I had to say about Johnny Menzel and a stance I have. Josh Gordon is a risky take and is is even riskier than Manziel. As I think FCF needs to make sure that they don't become a harbor for bad people. Because right. Josh Gordon That's, has had problems yeah. in the past of genuine things. Like I'm I think he he had like some DUI things, some uh some substance. I mean he got suspended for the league for, for yeah. things to begin with, let alone I believe he's gotten in trouble elsewhere as well. Yeah, um, and Johnny Manziel has um dropped charges in advance dropped like domestic abuse i think yeah and and he's about he's out of the league because he's a bust it's, they need to make sure that they, they they don't invest too heavy into players who are are not in good character as well as just like not not the top notch of football players josh gordon is good johnny manzel is is washed but they're both like in the in the fan vote they they included michael fucking vick 
as someone to bring into the league. And I was like, why? Yeah. I was like, that is why? Why would because you ever pursue that thing. I mean, At the end of the day, that's a headline. And I, so we sort of coming from the background of production um, and things like that, I've helped run um, like really large uh, esports production events before. Um, hmm. I've worked at several of the Dota 2 internationals, which adver- average uh, c- close to 10 million viewers every single year. Um, and a lot of their um, especially when things switch to Twitch and things like that, because it's super easily easily advertised. Mm-hmm. Um, production uh, sponsor payouts can be linked directly to uh, the number of concurrents you have on Twitch or whatever say, streaming platforms you're say, on. I will say this about Manzel. Um, it's really interesting that they decided to market a problematic person that even the XFL did not want. Like Vince McMahon is suing, I was suing uh, Oliver Luck because Luck was like, I want Manziel. And McMahon was like, no. And if Vince McMahon, the batshit crazy guy that runs WWE, who, oh my God, he's just practically insane, doesn't want you? That's that's something to me. To be fair, that is sort of like his WWE persona, but Vince McMahon is actually very smart. He's a genius, um, but he's also insane. Like it's Aiden on doesn't record. deal with that shit in the WWE. Like if somebody gets oh, yeah. like charged with shit, like those people are gone. Like he especially because oh, he doesn't want yeah. to blow back the litigation or anything. But like oh, he yeah. doesn't cut shit with that. Like it's like you're suspended, you're gone, contract broken, over. Oh, yeah. So um, but yeah, a lot of the a lot uh, sad that especially first couple of seasons, this will be with growing pains. They need those sponsorship payouts to work out. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's why you get a Michael Vick or a Johnny Menzel. Just put Menzel. the fucking Baconator on the field. Just put, the, just put it on. I just swear to God, on, if I get that. Yeah, so those answers <laughs> won't pay out till after the season's over. And it'll probably be an analytical breakdown. It's like, did you reach X number of viewers in your first season at any given point? And that's what Honestly, might determine their entire payout, which is shitty, but that's the way it is with startup stuff. So It's going to pay out. I think that they have well exceeded expectations. The fact that they are oh, growing yeah, yeah. in viewership... From week one, okay, so week two had a big dip. I was scared. When week two dropped 600,000 viewers from week one, I was like, shit. I was like, this is bad. That's not good. Going from 700,000 to 100,000 on game day, not good. Week three hits 800,000. Reason. I mean, Joe Montana was there, but he's not He's not reviving the FCF. So I don't know. Like, we'll, we can talk yeah, about so. longevity later. I think later. the woes that people are having with the FCF, where the first week everyone's like, what's this thing? Let's play with this thing. And then there was the really hard die-off where everyone's like, this is only four verts, this is fucking stupid. And now a lot of it is now people that are actually coming to it to enjoy it and not just coming to it to poke at it on Twitch. I will say, we are in a good spot to move on to our next topic of discussion because we were talking about the FCF, and it's pretty good and how going to get better, and we were already mentioning it way early on about the referees and the problems that (sighs) come up from that. Uh, As a Glacier Boys fan... We yeah. have the most penalties against us. I don't even um, think it's close, right? I, I think. I mean, no, the closest is Wild Aces with three. We have seven. Wow. And I think that we have some unique penalties too. I think we're the only team with a um, illegal with blitz. Certain, we're the only team with yeah, a blitz penalty. That. We're the the only team with a um with a personal foul. I believe as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, holding. Some some beast player punched an ace player in the end zone week two. 
Uh, don't remember who it was because I couldn't really tell, but like that was that shit wasn't called whatsoever. <laughs> you thought the beast would get penalized, bro? Get the fuck oh. out! Out! I Leave, I, bro. I will say <laughs> it's it's not so much the BS calls, right? That bug me. It is the lack of calls that bugs me. Game right. three during the Glacier Boys. Oh, there was so many holding block in the back. Like calls <sighs> were not. Yeah, called. no. Everyone besides the beasts have a right to complain. And to be, oh, to be yeah. fair, the beasts have a right to complain too, just not as much as one because they have less fouls. Um, exactly. My I mean, complaint the zappers, is... Surprisingly, the zappers have the least amount of penalties. Do they really? Oh, I thought the, the beasts did. No, but, uh, the, beasts only, the beasts have two. The zappers have one. Aren't they fancy? Um, yeah. But it, you can be not consistent. And you can make bad calls. And you can make no calls. Mm-hmm. You can't. Choose, though. Be consistent, not make calls, and... Being cons- like be make terrible calls all at the same time, and I don't want to lampoon the refs too hard. Oh no, no, no. it's not their fault. We already talked about this. They got the rule book. Like I will lampoon them for calls that are universal in uh, sports. Yeah. like so, pass interference, right? Or, or like, interceptions. Holding, uh, Fred Fred Conyers ru- was on the line, rushed the line, didn't even hit the quarterback. And they called illegal blitz. And I was... Yeah. Like, there's the flip side of the coin, where my personal belief, uh, the DPI call, is that that's DPI. If that's not DPI, nothing is. My problem is, they never, ever, 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 ever call DPI anywhere else. Where you'll just have a straight-up tackle to do while you're trying to catch the ball, not playing the ball whatsoever. I think... No, I didn't see that. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Here's the thing. That's my problem with DPI call. I don't have a problem with the DPI call. It could go either way. It is or it isn't. He put his hands up. I digress. The problem is, is that you can't call inconsistent penalties. If you're going to call holds, you got to call all the holds that you see. You can't because the league yeah. tells them outwardly. They've said they, they literally told us that they told the referees to throw flags less. That's fine. But you can't, but you can't do that. Honestly, like I said, that's fine just now, but no. is it because the problem is, is that you have them throwing certain flags and now you have this penalty disparity. The, the Glacier Boys have four more penalties than any other team in the league and have 36 have more, penalty, more penalty yards. <laughs> they have they more have, penalties than all the teams combined. Exactly. And and, yep. and it's not paralleled, paralleled by any team. And they have an array of penalties. They have holds. They have personal fouls. They have illegal blitzes. No other team experiences the treatment that they do. And it might be the inconsistencies in the head of, well, I don't call some, but I'll call others. You can't do that. You either call them all or you don't throw flags at all because you can't. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, yeah, they said they want to play physical football. My my last point is they said they want to play physical football. Physical football is not putting your hands inside the pads of a DB and basically lifting lifting them up. That, that is not physical football. That is a hold. That, that is not okay. You're yeah, I, no, I'm, you're right. I mean, we none of us really disagree. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I need to, you think can't a, a decent solution. If done right, uh, would be implementing an NFL rule that was only lasted a season, and that was challenging pass interference calls. Yep. I I don't want to give the fans too many challenges. I think it should be like one to two per quarter. Well, yeah. So especially but, with like fan bases not being the same size, that can start to be like abuse. So for example, right. but it's that one yard pass review, which is I kind of don't believe in this fan review bullshit. Right. Because if one fan 
one fan group was way larger than the other fan group. They'd just say, no, it was in. And then a, a, a ball that clearly did not break the plane would have been a touchdown. Right. But it, it all goes back to this is fan-controlled football, and you're putting, you're putting you know, your product in the hands of a bunch of people online and saying, all right, let's try it. I don't think it's always going to be clean. I think this league's always going to be kind of messy. But I think that if you lay the groundwork and kind of make it harder for people to break the system, it'll make a better product. Yeah, I mean, and like like I said earlier, they're moving and they're making changes quickly where we didn't have a review rule and now we do because the refs obviously were not uh, not chopped up to make the calls, apparently. Um, but I think we've said all we can... Go ahead. Yeah, as long as they keep that mentality of changing on the fly, I think the fan-controlled aspect can work. I just think that they need to make sure they stay on top of it so that it's not exposed. I mean, the only thing that gives me faith that a lot of people hate them saying where they're like, this is like software, uh, which is great because if you're a good software developer, you update the software as frequently as possible to make sure it's good. Um, where, like, the NFL would never, ever, ever change a rule uh, mid-season. Mid games is a bit questionable. Like uh, between games, that's a bit weird. Um, right. But like they're updating things to make sure that this is a league that people want to be involved in, which is good. But as far as the refs go, I think that's. I mean, we're just kind of talking in circles as far as that goes. We all agree the, the refs are doing a terrible job. Uh, they so, need to figure something. Or the refs slash rules are doing a terrible job, and they need to be fixed. Um, now looking, looking forward towards week four. Week four. How are you guys feeling? Matchups. We got. We got the Aces. I mean, we are it, fighting it's each rivalry other. Rivalry week. So. It's rivalry yeah. week. Well, let's yep. go over the less controversial first. We got Beast versus Zappers. Uh, Josh Gordon is, is confirmed to be playing on Sunday, uh, Saturday, and I don't think Robert Turbin is. I don't okay. think that Turbin has passed his physical yet. He has not said anything yet. He he could still pass before we're recording this uh, Friday night. He could still technically yeah. pass. He, um, he could, but I the the chances are not there. He he arrived much later. My thing is, Zap- Beast versus Zappers, I think even with Josh Gordon, the Zappers are too dysfunctional to uh, really pull it together. I don't think that one wide receiver yep. can fix their woes of the second half. They they don't finish games well. To be honest, their last win is like, was it a win? You you got like a, a time-expired 50-yard bomb by yeah. Raiden Smith. That could have landed people. one way. That could have been an interception. That could have been an incomplete pass. I don't just know. one flip with 60 sides. I don't think that... I I don't think it's fair to credit them with a win when they blew. They won. Let me state that they won. Yeah, I don't it, think there's a W in the W yeah. column because they made yeah. that throw and that throw worked. I, but if we make them make that throw ten times, they probably only make it once. To be honest, I don't know. Um, if I fully one hundred percent agree, and I will tell you why. I think they have a stud in Logan Marchie. They're getting Braden Smith because I don't think Manziel's coming back, and nope. they just play Marchi more, I think they'll be fine, especially if they add Gordon. Um, I think where the beasts, the zappers lack is in, ironically, their run game. I don't think they have one. I think I think with Manziel gone, their run game is almost Zippo. I think the beasts are the more well-rounded team. I'm, I'm pretty sure that they'll still take the W, but I think the zappers, especially riding high off of a win, will put up way more of a fight, especially if they're getting Josh Gordon. Because you got two deep threats, and then you got Isaiah King. 
And I'll I'll say Edwards and Jones and Giuseppe as the like other option. They're there. They can do some things <laughs> in the shorter field. But man, you know Toivonen and Gordon are gonna do something special. At least I don't know if it'll get them the win, but I think they're gonna do something special. We'll see. My because you're looking at two very special teams. You're looking at the MVP led Quinton Flowers. They're the beasts. They are. Yeah. TJ Edwards in yeah. the backfield too. You got you have two reliable QBs, although the Edwards type might be a little overrated in my opinion. Mm. I, I'm not really seeing he's, it too much. I, I wasn't too upset when he got to He's this, better on the This run. is yeah, as much as Gordon coming in is cool, it's gonna be a quarterback decided game. If Quentin Flowers does what Quentin Flowers did week one and week two, uh Quentin Flowers is unstoppable and will just win he'll win the I game think, i think mark um, put up a fight but i think they'll fall to the beasts yeah what it comes down to is passing uh mm -hmm. quentin flowers is so far is not showed to be a reliable passer to be fair i don't think his receiver weapons are as nice as what the zappers have especially now um so if they can complete passes i mean obviously that's what it's going to come down to with every play being a pass play for the most part um but if Quentin Flowers can do Quentin Flowers things, uh, I think he's the best quarterback in the league, and he's just going to literally run away with it, um, personally. he's. I think the Beast take that one. I think it might be a close-score game. But I mean, every game. Name a be better a duo. Name, you could say that, but there there have been chances to have blowouts. Name a better duo than the Beast in the two-yard line. You can't, because yeah. they will get there, and they will score every time without fail, whether it's Quinn Porter on the ground, Quinn... Quinn Flowers on the ground. Quinn Flowers on the ground. <laughs> they, have, they have they have good re receiving weapons. I th they have options. I, don't think this, I think that this matchup is less contested because I think that we're seeing the championship game matchup because as much as I love the other two teams, I think that they have the benefit of involved owners, a Josh Gordon recruit, a Robert Turpin uh, recruit. And unless the, the Beast choke, I don't see them going out in the first round. I see them making the championship. They may get upset, but the more, the more contested game... The game of losers, in my opinion, right. as a losers fan myself, is, right. it's the Glacier Boys and the Wild Aces. Before I, we start, I want to yeah. just say I'm taking the Glacier Boys, but not because I'm a Glacier Boys fan, because I believe that the, that in an offense-powered league at its front face, because you have to score to win, I think that we finally got it together this week as a Glacier Boys fan base. We drafted the highest... Okay, John, Francois has been in three games. He has played five drives. He has scored on every single drive. The highest rated QB, if you use QBR, fuck the draft Bible. That shit is unbelievable. I hate the things they say there. The takes are horrible. The rankings are bad. We drafted Francois. We fixed our Pindell problem. Pindell is not good. I'm not going to defend him. He's not He's not amazing. We have the best receiver in the league. I don't even care about Josh Gordon. I'll say it now. We have the best receiving core in the league. It is what it is. I, I, here's the factor for me. Cause we have a really good, well-rounded team. No doubt. It's all a matter of what journey they get. The aces <clears throat> get, cause they got a solid backup in Ed Crouch. If the aces get a good journey that day, it'll be a really close contestant game. And if they get hands McNeil and like McNeil with actual hands attached to his body, he has both hands. He put he put on his second hand for the day. He showed up with both hands yeah. equipped. <laughs> like Floyd and Galloway are really good. Uh, it breaks my heart that they didn't credit uh, Galloway with his forty yard touchdown in the stat sheet. 
to this day. I just don't understand how they didn't. It was obvious. Whatever. Uh, he's really good. They have solid receivers in Raphael Leonard and Rashad Floyd, and they have a better QB duo than we do. It, Unless Pendell wakes up. Pendell is still. He showed it in college. Is, a game of losers because it's so <laughs> random. We don't know what's going to happen. Quentin Flowers sucked in the XFL and he showed up here and it's just a different game. So yeah, it's same thing with game, with Journey. It's just not the same thing. This game just really comes down to uh, the player performance. I think fan, both teams call plays relatively well. I think Glacier Boys took a while for us to figure it out. Wild Aces have always been really on top of their play calling. Woo! I think it just comes down to player performance, decision-making, and whether or not either of the quarterbacks show up to the game. The moment we've all waited for, the Wild Aces fan gets to speak, unfortunately. <laughs> I think it will come down to overtime, and it will come down to an extra point. Uh, I think it is going to be an incredibly close game. I think what any team excels at, the other team also excels at. Uh, we have get we have Virgies. You guys have Campbell. Uh, we have Raphael Leonard. You guys have Jamil. We have uh, Francois, or we have not. You guys have Francois and Campbell. Uh, we have Jerdy, who I would honestly put on the same play as Campbell, or not Campbell, uh, Pindle. As far as his play, yeah. it's not been great because this is not his style game. Uh, but we've got Crouch, who is balled out for pretty much every team that he's gone for. Um. I think it'll be incredibly close. Like I, if not overtime, like last second play, just like last week the Aces game, where right. it's literally comes down to the very last play. I think it will be incredibly close. Uh, my personal hope is that the Aces will come out on top. Obviously, uh, I don't think that will be the case, though. I think we will lose. It's interesting. I don't. I, I don't know. I think I, that. I like the, that. It, I think it comes down to the skill positions, and like I, like I said, I'm I'm trying to not be biased, but right. a receiving core of Andrew Jamil, Cavante Turpin, uh, Caradine, and, and why am I Boykin. blanking on her? And Boykin, like Boykin. that is that is insane. And Campbell, who it's Campbell. I mean, he's been reliable. I yeah. think he's the he's the number. He's and, the and number Madre, three in the Madre, league. Madre London, who gets slept on. Oh, yeah. I've been clamoring and, for him since week one. I'm like, boy, we got to get ourselves a Madre London. And everyone was like, no. No. So, uh, I will say this before we wrap up. I do want the Zappers to win. I don't want the Beast to go undefeated at all. Um, mm. I, want, I want the... If Johnny Manziel is there, I want the Zappers to lose. If Johnny Manziel is not there, I would not be unhappy if they won. Right. For the sake of Beast fans being the most tame and honestly carrying themselves the best, in my opinion, as even as that's, a, as, as a loser's fan, they're the, they're the smallest yeah. fan base. Okay. This, okay, like the smallest a quantic fan base. mile. I don't want the Zappers to have an inflated ego when they inevitably get a, a Mickey Mouse ring from the fact that they recruited Josh Gordon. Um, yeah. I mean, they have one Mickey Mouse win and two hard losses. One one loss is completely on them. The twenty two eight choke is completely on them. That's a, that's a that's a Zappers loss. I don't care what you and say. And almost the second twenty two eight, twenty two eight choke. Don't like care about what they say about how it was it was overtime and how it was their game to win. Because I I was in the Discord and people are saying that oh our win doesn't count like at our win as in Glacier Boys win because it was just a blown lead by the Zappers. The fuck does that mean? I mean the, the Zappers blew the lead. Yeah, 
and to be so, fair, some of those were I, offensive turnovers. Like there was a fucked up. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was the safety and stuff like that, which was hilarious, mind you. Um, I, I, I have to say, as a Glacier Boys fan, that was fucking funny. It was. Um, it was fucking hilarious. But so it was, was that pitch, that wild. running play to Anthony Jones, their franchise tag. They pitch it. The ball bounces in his hands like he doesn't know what to do with it, and then scoop and score. Anthony Jones doesn't look like he's ever played football in his life. I don't want to rag on Anthony Jones too because I feel like I don't know. I he I has always... four rushing attempts, dude. Like I feel horrible. The Zappers just don't like they, they franchise tag... tag a running back and they don't and then they use don't him. use him. Like I, I, mean, I don't he's got by far by far more uh, receiving yards than rushing yards, doesn't he? Is what are his yeah. rushing yards? He's got two. Uh, a forty yard. He has got one reception for forty yards and a touchdown. And yeah, and he's got yards are two, two, two rushing yards versus forty receiving yeah. yards. I don't know. I think that, like, I, I think I hope the beasts win. I don't like the undefeated season, but the Zappers fans are on this high of, oh, yeah. we got Josh Gordon, and then when you when you sit when you bring up any points, like, oh, well, your owner can do it. Fuck, fuck off. That's such an unbelievable yeah. argument. This is fan controlled football. I can't control that Quavo is filming a movie right now. Like, that's something that I just can't. Myself yeah, no. change. I th- I think you've swayed me. Fuck the zappers. Like, yeah. let the beast go I mean, undefeated. Like It'll that. be a cool first season for him. Like, I mean, yeah. but let yeah. Quentin Flowers be Quentin Flowers. The dude deserves a ring no matter what, or deserves to go to the championship game. I would love. Deserves I would love. I would love the Glacier Boys to go, but <laughs> it deserves. A, yeah, these guys aren't getting rings. They're getting like ring pops, maybe. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> imagine they 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 bring out ring pops for everyone when they win for whoever wins and they'll make sure that they're the so color funny. though <laughs> green well, ring pops for the beasts i think you Dude, green, green to be fair you're saying ring pops my mouth is watering i love ring pops yeah. so i can't really complain I would take one right now I I would exactly take one right now. uh this is fan controlled football um fan and i'm football. just i'm excited to see what happens in week four um yeah i'm excited for tomorrow yeah you know and uh, as is that this is fan controlled football. This has been the uh recap on FCNN. Thank you all for providing your voice and your opinion. And I cannot wait to see what tomorrow brings. Yeah. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Peyton. This was fun. Thank and you all for listening. The ace is mild. The ace is mild. See you guys later. Ferret boys, man. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> all right. I- all right. And that's all. Thank you for listening. It was a great podcast. Long time. If you stuck through the whole thing, you're fantastic. You're amazing. I love you. We love you. Thank you to Peyton and Kyle for coming out. It was great. We're going to do this every week. Next week, we have a another long episode of a season recap and a the playoffs are here, what's going on type thing as the playoff picture will definitely be settled after this week as we have the loser's bracket of the the Glacier Boys, the Wild Aces, the bottom two against the top two, the Zappers and the Beasts, although the Zappers are still losers like the rest of us, and the Beasts are winners. I'm not even a Beast fan. I'm a loser's fan. Anyways, thank you again. Had a ton of fun. It's 1 a.m. for me. I'm going to get this up. And I'll see you all soon. This has been FCNM. Have a great night.